Can I tell you, as a pastor, I've did a lot of counseling. I've counseled a lot of people. I've been criticized for some of the decisions that I've made. I've been criticized for some of the counsel I've given people over the years. But life is normally a whole lot more difficult than what it looks like from the outside for everybody else. Sometimes you are faced to make a decision between two bad choices. There is no good option. There is not two poor options and then one fantastic option. Both of them seem like your hands are tied. What do I do? Parenting is not easy. As I begin to think and pray about Mother's Day and what I would share today, these realities came to me. As I tried to put together some very flowery, woman-y things, It might have been possible if today was Woman Day. But today's not Woman Day. Today's Mother's Day. And quite frankly, being a mother's hard. It's not all flowery. It's not all fun. It's not all easy. It's not always beautiful. Decisions are hard. What do you do when it seems like there's no good options? What do you do when you have no choice but to let go? I want to talk to you this morning about the power of letting go. Mothers are the most dedicated, caring, and committed people on the planet. I know that when I make that statement, it's a general statement. There may be some of you here this morning who would say that wasn't the case with your mother. But generally speaking, women... Mothers are much more committed to their children than fathers are. That's why we have a fatherless culture. That's why uh, the majority of children are raised up in this day and time by their mothers. Because when somebody walks out, the mother says, it won't be me. When somebody says, I'm going to go the other way, the mother says, I'm going to stay faithful. Most of the time, that's what it looks like in our family. And there are multitudes upon multitudes who could stand up and say, I was raised for the most part by my mother. Why? Because instinctively there's something about a woman that she just can't let her children go. The dad might walk out the door, but the mother just can't. Let nothing happen with her kids. Something has to occur. And so for a woman, and I've watched this so often, especially not at young ages, but, but when the, your child hits 18 and 20 and 25, for a woman to learn to, to let go of her children, it's a difficult, difficult thing to do. But sometimes holding on any longer will mean the destruction of your child. Sometimes holding on any longer will mean the destruction of your child. Can I say that I want to hit a, rare, a tough topic this morning before I move to um, older children. Sometimes the best choice a mother can make is adoption. And that's not an easy choice to make. Sometimes letting go 
is the best choice you can make. Have this mother made the decision in her selfishness mixed with her great love for her child to hold on any longer? It's very possible his life would have been taken from him. I know we're talking about the life of a three-month-old three here, but I've watched this, self, this story play itself out a whole lot more in 18-year-olds and 20-year-olds and 25-year-olds. 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds. When the mom refuses to let the child go. And why? Why? Because Egypt's a scary place. That's why. Because I know what Egypt wants to do. Because I know what will happen if they're allowed to make their choices and go down the river the direction they want to go and it's not what they need to do and I know what they need to do and I understand and I just want to hold them a little bit longer until they wake up and make the right choice. I have watched parents hold on in such a stranglehold, especially in the later years of their children's lives, that they've caused them more harm than good. And sometimes there comes a period where you've got to be willing to just let go and let God. Sometimes protection turns to endangerment. Sometimes protection turns to endangerment. When you refuse to let your children make any mistakes, when you refuse to let your children fall, Eventually, you're hurting them more than you're helping them. Sometimes the smartest thing you can do is let go and let God. And not shelter your children from the consequences of their actions. There comes a time in the life of all of us where we have got to grow up, where we have got to take ownership, where we have got to understand my choices directly affect me and my family. And I cannot live however I want to live, spend my money however I want to spend my money, do whatever I want to do, go to work when I want to go to work, not go to work when I don't want to go to work, and somehow expect that I'm going to have a place to stay, food to eat, and, and a life that's, that's livable. And we live in a culture of 30-year-olds who live like they're 15. It's the truth. It is unbelievable. I'm 34 years old. I turned 35 this year. I've been married for 14 years. Come July 4th, I have four children. And I know people that I graduated with that still live wherever they can live, wherever they can find a place to sleep, because for the most part they're homeless. They don't hold down jobs. Many of them have kids they have no relationship with because we live in a culture where our young people live like they want to. And I know one of them. He lives with his parents in his parents' garage. There has to come a time of letting go. Sometimes protection really isn't helping at all. And I want to say something. I know that's real easy for me to say, right? Sure, you say that, Pastor. 
your daughter's 11 years old, your oldest one. All your kids are smaller and in the house. And I want to say, I get it. I get it. I know. I don't have a, a child that I love deeply that, that is 25, 30 years old that, that, that is making stupid choices and then asking to come back in and have me shelter him. And so it's real easy for me to hear, stand here and say, here's what you ought to do. But I want us to learn from the Word of God that sometimes we've got to be willing to let go and trust God. Trust God with your children. Sometimes you've got to let them go. But I want us to notice this this morning about this mother. Even in letting go, she did everything possible she could. And this is what I want you to understand about letting go. Letting go doesn't just mean you wash your hands of it. Well, it's your life. You mess it up. That's not what letting go means, and that's not what I mean this morning. You will never stop being a mother. Dad, you will never stop being a dad. You are a father. If you're, if you, a father, I turned, I was a father when I was 24 years old, I believe, somewhere around that age range. I will be a father when I'm 24, 34, 44, 54, 64. And if I live to 74, 84, 94, I will never stop being a father. And the same is true of motherhood. We are always parents. But how we do that changes as our children grow up. Letting go doesn't mean I just wash my hands of you and now you go learn from your own mistakes. She did let go, but notice how she let go. The Bible tells us she crafted an ark. It tells us that she put this particular slime. The slime was a mud that could be found in the Nile River. And the pitch, which was the same type of wood that, the, uh, that Noah's ark was made out of, was a, a, a wood that that was very good at floating. They made a lot of boats out of it. But she didn't just make that. She made the little basket for him, the little ark, and then she covered it in this mud that you can find in the Nile. The mud is so uh, water resistant that most boats could float for years if they were covered in this type of mud. And the only thing that would really knock it off would be a violent storm. We see she took some care to craft what she was going to place him in. We see that she was strategic about the time and the place. She had some level of awareness that this is where Pharaoh's daughters... Now, these are the ones that might actually be able to do something. Where Pharaoh's daughters would come down and would bathe in the river. And so she was strategic not only about what she placed him in as she let him go, she was strategic about the time and the place that it happened. She was smart enough to appeal to a woman. She knew this child has a much better chance of living if the first person that sees my baby when this lid is opened up is a woman. She was convinced my baby's cute enough, this boy's cute enough, that if another woman sees him, there's no way she's going to put him down. And she was right. But I want to say it wasn't just because Moses was cute. It's because there's something instinctive, protective about a mother. And this mom, when she had to let her baby go, made sure that it was done at the right time and place. 
that it was done with Pharaoh's daughters. I think it's interesting that she stationed Moses' sister near the event so that for one of two reasons, maybe the whole plan was part of the plan, and I would imagine that it was. But so that Miriam, Moses' sister, could at least look at what was happening and come back and tell Mama what happened with baby. This is a strategic plan. You see, letting go doesn't just mean you just throw the baby in the water and let whatever happens, happens and trust God. No, there is a level of, of, of planning. There is a meticulous process that, that the woman had, but she had the reality that I can't hold on to him any longer. And I would argue that the success of the scheme tells us that she had prayed. That she had heard some directions from God. And that that she had trusted God with the plan. This morning, letting go of your older children is often just as hard as it was for her to let go of Moses. The Bible tells us as we read the story that everything worked out unbelievably well. It was Moses' daughter, or Pharaoh's daughter, that came and saw the baby in the ark. And there was Miriam, who just kind of comes along as a little, probably somewhere between 8 and 12 years old, as a girl that just asked the question, well, if you're going to keep him, who's going to nurse him? Would you like me to go? And she doesn't say, get my mom. She doesn't even say, would you like me to go get his mom? She just says, would you like me to go get one of the Hebrew midwives that could um, breastfeed this baby to help you? Pharaoh's daughter says, yes. And the baby's reunited with his mom. And now she's paid to take care of her baby in her house. When I thought about that, I, I thought about this reality. Sometimes letting go is really what it takes to bring them back home. Sometimes letting go and just and, and trusting God with them is what it takes to bring them back home. Eventually, Moses would have to go once he was weaned, once he was old enough that he no longer needed the regular care of his mother. And he would be adopted by Pharaoh's daughter where she would give him the name Moses. But I want to say this morning, the time that she had with him would impact him forever. Forever. We don't know the exact age. It's very likely it was up to two, maybe three, close to two at least. Some of the absolute most crucial important years of a child's life. And I thought about this as I was studying when Moses was 80 years old, God called Moses at the burning bush to lead the people out of slavery. And at 80 years old, Moses had a relationship with who? Aaron and Miriam. That's his brother and his sister. Moses, 80 years later, had a relationship with his brother and his sister. And here's what it tells us. We know how it happened 
The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about it. The details of how it happened, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about it. But here's what we know for a fact. They were still in contact, they were still close, and they were still living like brothers and sisters 80 years later. Because a mother impacted his life in such a way with what time that she had with him that it would alter the course of the rest of his life. This morning we learned from Moses' mother, and I want to call her by name. Her name is Jochebed. The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about her other than what I've read to you here. We find out her name in a list of genealogies in Exodus chapter 6. Here's what we learn about motherhood this morning. Mothering is not easy. Motherhood brings with it a lot of difficult choices. It brings with it a lot of situations where you don't know what to do. You feel like your hands are tied. You feel like you've done everything that you can. And there's, there's just nothing else you can do for your children. It can be a helpless feeling. But understand that just because you feel helpless doesn't mean that it's hopeless. We learned from Moses' mother this morning that when you've done all that you can do, you're going to have to trust in God. You've got to learn to put your hands or put your children in the hands of God and trust God with your children. I had somebody ask me one time about a situation. They were divorced and, and uh, their, their child was in a situation with one of the, the parents that wasn't, wasn't very good. And they were real concerned about it and felt like there's nothing else they can do. The, the law says that you know half the time the child goes with one particular parent and half the time with the other. And I made this statement that I believe helped. And it's true. I made this statement to the parent. As much as you love your child, you can rest assured God loves your child even more than you do. And as much as you wish that you could be there, God is there. And you just need to talk to God about it. And you're just going to have to trust God to do what you can't. You do as a parent what you can do. You do as a mom what you can do. You do as a father what you can do. But when you've done all that you can, brothers and sisters, moms and dads, we still have to be willing to put our children in the hands of God as we raise them up in a world that is hostile to them. As we raise them up in a world that is not favorable to God, to the Word of God, to God's plan for their life. We have got to learn to let go and let God. We learn from Moses' mother that when you've done all you can do, you still have to trust God with your children. We learn from Moses' mother this morning that the power of a mother in the life of her children has the ability to influence the course of their lives. As our worship team comes this morning, I want to encourage you mothers. I want to first of all just say thank you. Thank you for being a mother. Thank you for loving your children. Thank you for being faithful to raising them up. There are probably mothers here this morning 
that are all facing various different things. Some of you, your children are totally grown. They're not in the house anymore. And you're wondering, how do I be a grandparent? We used to have a set of grandparents here that were raising their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. I'm telling you, the culture that we live in is crazy. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you're a mother and you've blown it. Listen to me this morning when I tell you it's never too late with God. Be willing to forgive yourself. Be willing to look to God for forgiveness. Be willing to say, as for me this day, I'm going to begin serving the Lord and I'm going to begin teaching my children the ways of God. Maybe you're a mother here this morning and you're raising your children on your own. Maybe you're a mother here this morning and you are unfortunately like the multitude of mothers in our Christian culture today. You have a husband in the home, but he's not very active at being the leader. And you are the primary source of your children's spiritual guidance. If it wasn't for you, your children wouldn't be here this morning. If it wasn't for you, your children wouldn't know the, the, the Bible stories. Motherhood's not easy, is it, moms? I want to encourage you not to be dismayed. I want to encourage you as we look at the story of Moses' life, that when his mother did all that she could, God did the rest. I want to encourage you to know this morning, Mom, God knows where you're at. God knows what your needs are. God knows what you're facing. God knows your fears. And this morning, if you haven't surrendered your life to God, what better day to do it than on Mother's Day? This morning, maybe you have children that are making terrible decisions and you feel helpless and you feel like maybe there's nothing you can do. Maybe this morning God brought you here to tell you to just let go and let God. Trust God with them. Put them into the hands of God. Free yourself. Whatever the need is in your life this morning, if God has dealt with your heart, I want to encourage you to come. If you need to be saved, I want to encourage you to come. If you want to come and maybe pray for your children, you've got a wayward son or daughter this morning that just needs a touch from God. Spend some time this morning lifting up your child to the Lord. Whatever the need is in your life, would you stand to your feet this morning as we sing a song of worship? These altars are open. If you need to come, would you come this morning?